It's Monday, April 15th, and welcome to the So What Pod. So today's my 25th birthday, and before I get into the news, I'm going to drop a shameless plug. So What Media now has a Patreon page. That means that if you head to www.patreon.com slash sowhatmedia, you can pledge your support for the content we create, like this podcast, and support our commitment to delivering Canadian political news to you in a way that's quick, engaging, and accessible. Tiers start at $1, so truly no amount is too small, and any support you provide will go towards growing the So What team, improving the quality of content we're able to put out, and more. Head to www.patreon.com slash sowhatmedia. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash sowhatmedia. Here's what you need to know to head into this week a little more informed. On the federal campaign trail. Although campaigning won't officially start until the end of the summer, the Prime Minister tested out some campaign-style attacks to an audience of Liberal supporters at an event in Mississauga last week. In his speech at the Liberal Party of Canada-Ontario convention, Justin Trudeau linked Andrew Scheer with Doug Ford, saying, quote, "...conservative politicians like Doug Ford and Andrew Scheer don't seem to believe in investing for the future. They think only as far as the next election, not the next generation." He was referencing climate change and how it is, quote, a massive economic threat to middle-class Canadians. Andrew Scheer, Doug Ford, and other conservative politicians at both federal and provincial levels used the federal carbon tax to stage photo ops at gas stations earlier this month. The tax came into effect on April 1st in the provinces of Ontario, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and New Brunswick. It was a backstop measure for provinces who didn't implement their own carbon pricing mechanisms. Conservative politicians took the opportunity to take photos of themselves pumping gas and encouraging others to fill up too before gas prices went up. The Ford government's recent budget included imposing fines on Ontario gas stations that do not display their government-mandated stickers on each pump that show the tax adding 4.5 cents per litre of gas now and rising to 11 cents a litre in 2022. While the tax is felt at the pump, it is offset by the carbon tax rebate that the federal government is providing. Andrew Scheer has pledged to eliminate the federal carbon tax altogether if elected prime minister in the fall. This all comes in the context of a recent report showing that Canada is warming at twice the rate of the rest of the world. At the Mississauga event, Trudeau also pointed out Scheer's failure to call out alt-right conspiracy theories, citing a recent incident at one of Scheer's town halls, where a man in attendance asked a question linking the Trudeau government and the Clinton Foundation via the Pizzagate conspiracy. For those blissfully unaware of Pizzagate, it is a conspiracy theory that claims the Democratic Party in the U.S. harbors sex slaves at a pizza's parlor in D.C. This rumor, fanned by the alt-right, prompted a man to fire an assault rifle inside the restaurant during the 2016 presidential election. Trudeau also criticized Scheer's speaking at rallies that feature white nationalist speakers. For the first time this week, Scheer denounced white nationalism and recognized its threat to Canada. In Mississauga, the Prime Minister said that anger is a powerful motivator, but that Liberal supporters shouldn't confuse, quote, the Conservative Party with Conservative voters. The party exploits people's fears. The voters just want to be heard. 
He continued, saying that it would be, quote, a terrible mistake to assume that people who vote conservative hate the environment or are racist or misogynist. That type of generalization is both harmful and wrong. Conservative voters are our friends and neighbors. On new immigration laws. Included in the government's recent budget was a change to how Canada processes asylum seekers. The new provision would prevent refugees from seeking asylum in Canada if they'd already filed a claim to do so in another country, part of the safe third country agreement. This new provision is intended to close a loophole that had enabled refugees to enter Canada via unofficial ports of entry. Prior to this provision, if someone had sought refugee status in the U.S. but decided Canada's process might be more favorable, they'd be able to make a claim here and be eligible for refugee status if they'd entered Canada via an unofficial port of entry. This change has led to Canadian civil rights groups and legal groups to speak out about the change. Some have claimed that the U.S. cannot be considered a, quote, safe country for refugees, given some of the president's policies. A refugee lawyer in Ottawa who spoke to the CBC cited the fact that the U.S. no longer allows people to make refugee claims based on domestic violence or gender-related claims, that they are detaining those who make refugee claims altogether, that they're separating children from their parents and detaining children, and that they're prosecuting those claimants who don't enter the U.S. via unofficial point of entry. The civil rights groups and legal groups also took issue with how this change to Canada's immigration laws was presented to Canadians and to MPs, in that it was buried in the budget, which precluded them from considering any unforeseen consequences that the new legislation might create. Among other things, this new bill will allow refugee seekers to be deported without a hearing. Some have questioned the timing of the new legislation, given that the number of asylum seekers entering through unofficial ports of entry is actually on the decline, asking whether this is a political move ahead of the federal election. Public opinion polls have showed that a majority of Canadians believe Canada's immigration laws to be too lax. Amnesty International, the Canadian Association of Refugee Lawyers, the Canadian and BC Civil Liberties Associations, and the Canadian Council for Refugees have written a joint letter urging the Prime Minister to drop the new provision. On Canada's Terror Report In December 2018, the government released a public report on terrorism in Canada listing Sunni Islamist extremism, like Daesh, right-wing extremism, and Shia extremism, like Hezbollah, as the country's main terrorist threats. At the time, the report also listed Sikh extremism as a terrorist threat, a claim the government has since had to backtrack on and reword following outrage from Canada's Sikh community. Sikh extremism, as listed in the report, was a reference to the violent support for the independence of a majority Sikh state in India which contributed to the 1985 Air India bombing. In 1985, Canadian Sikh terrorists planted a bomb on Air India Flight 182 that went off in midair, killing all on board. However, this report was the first time that Sikh extremism was listed as one of the top five terrorist threats to Canada. Legal counsel for the World Sikh Organization said that the reference might have been a result of a counter-terrorism cooperation agreement between Canada and India signed in 2017. India has been continuing to grapple with the extremists who use violent means to push for the independence of the Punjab state in India. Canadian Sikh advocates and activists criticized the 2018 report, saying it targeted an entire religion rather than singling out a specific group. 
They also objected to including Sikh extremism at all due to a lack of evidence. On Friday, Minister of Public Safety Ralph Goodale announced a review of the language used to describe extremism in the report, noting that, quote, in outlining a threat, it must be clearly linked to an ideology rather than a community. The first step in this would be to replace the use of Sikh extremism with, quote, extremists who support violent means to establish an independent state within India. Roughly half a million Canadians identify as Sikh, with a majority living in the GTA and Vancouver suburbs. The Sikh Holy Day of Vaisakhi was also on Friday, and its celebration in Vancouver is considered the largest outside of India. Following the government announcement earlier that day, Justin Trudeau walked in the celebrations parade alongside community leaders after a speech he had made at a Gurdwara. On Facebook Banning White Nationalists Last Monday, the social media giant deleted the accounts of a number of high-profile Canadian white nationalists. Facebook cited its Dangerous Individuals and Organizations Community Standard Policy. In its statement, Facebook said, quote, Individuals and organizations who spread hate, attack, or call for the exclusion of others on the basis of who they are have no place on Facebook. That's why we have a policy on dangerous individuals and organizations, which states that we do not allow those who are engaged in offline organized hate to have a presence on Facebook. They have an ongoing investigation into whether the Canadian yellow vests violate their community standards. Facebook has been working with academics and organizations from around the world to determine which ones are hate organizations. Last month, the Canadian government announced a fund for research into right-wing extremism. On Alberta's provincial election tomorrow. Tomorrow, Albertans will go to the polls to decide which party should govern the province. The incumbent premier, Rachel Notley, and her new Democratic Party are up against Jason Kenney's United Conservative Party and Stephen Mandel's Alberta Party. Key issues for voters are the carbon tax, the pipeline industry, education and childcare, and healthcare. The province's campaign period was rife with scandal and controversy, particularly for Kenny's United Conservative Party, or UCP. UCP candidate Todd Beasley was cut as a potential candidate after a social media post of his surfaced, calling Muslims, quote, fools who are really worshipping Satan. UCP candidate Carrie Flatla was criticized for a 2016 Facebook post calling human-caused global warming, quote, mythology. She is still in the running, and Kenny has said there are, quote, a spectrum of views on the issue. UCP candidate Kaylin Ford had to rescind her candidacy after social media posts surfaced in which she suggested that white nationalists are treated unfairly. A document from 2016 emerged in which UCP candidate Shane Getson argued that the government had, quote, no business banning conversion therapy of gay Albertans. He is still in the running. Jason Kenney has been critical of neighboring British Columbia's court challenges against the Trans Mountain Pipeline Extension. At a campaign rally last week, he repeated a pledge to turn off gas taps to BC within an hour of being sworn in. On Thursday, federal conservative leader Andrew Scheer joined Kenney on the campaign trail, a move which some say might hurt conservative support in BC in the October federal election. At an event on Saturday, Premier Rachel Notley made a final plea to Albertans to look at, quote, the risks presented by Jason Kenney. 
a National Newswatch article noted that, quote, in addition to revelations of racist and homophobic remarks by UCP candidates in open nomination contests and during the campaign, the party is also under investigation by Elections Canada and the RCMP into the leadership race that delivered Kenny to victory in 2017. Another topic that has captured the headlines ahead of Alberta's election is that of gay-straight alliances, or GSAs, which are school clubs that support students who identify as LGBTQ+. In December 2017, the provincial government passed the Act to Support Gay-Straight Alliances, which requires all publicly funded schools to create policies that support the creation of GSAs in a timely manner when they are requested. These policies have been known to benefit LGBTQ plus students who experience disproportionate rates of self-harm, suicide, negative mental health outcomes, and bullying. For many students, GSAs are a source of peer and adult support in a hostile environment. An important aspect of this 2017 act was the prohibition on notifying parents if their child had joined a GSA. Jason Kenney has promised to remove this prohibition if he is elected premier. This would lead to schools effectively outing children to their parents. Leaders of both the NDP and Alberta Party say that this move would hurt children who rely on peer support groups as a safe space for figuring out their sexual orientation and gender identity. Alberta Party leader Stephen Mandel noted that 40% of kids living on the streets of Alberta belong to the LGBTQ community. That's it for today's pod. If you enjoyed it, subscribe and spread the word. Also, be sure to support the creation of this content on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash sowitmedia. Shout out to my brother, Cedric de St. Rome, for the music you've been hearing. I'll be back again next Monday with more content to help you give a damn about what's happening in Canadian current affairs. If you want to stay up to date in the meantime, follow us on Instagram at sowitmedia.inc. Have a great week.